holy shit it's been two years i've been trying to put this together two and a half, almost two and a half years since i've been out of prison but it's been two years since i've been trying to put this together and this is the first episode of real talk for an unreal world <laughs> shit man feels kind of cool i woke up this morning after the supermoon last night had me vibrating and my heart pounding out my chest as if i was doing a pound of cocaine um i swear i haven't felt like that since <laughs> yeah, i was up for days doing drugs it was weird it was weird but it was beautiful because there was no drugs involved which was very uh refreshing <laughs> to be present for <laughs> um real talk for an unreal world is basically just that i mean what do you expect when you come here you know you're gonna it's just real talk man this is just that it's real talk for an unreal world man the world is in a, a weird place right now and i don't really want to go too much into like corporations and governments with this kind of thing because the journey that i have chosen to accept and acknowledge is the journey within and i think that that's where we are going to find the most value uh, where to put our energy and where to have conversations about i think that it's it's paramount that we discuss what's happening on inside of us versus in the material external world because the material external world will have you you know confused <laughs> and wasting a lot of time and energy on on thinking about it or 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 trying to change things that we individually cannot change because uh the systematic ways of life are have taken a long time to progress to where they are and we have to appreciate that you know i mean they do what's best for business and what's best for a small portion of people it's just a reality you've got to appreciate that so when when we're trying to talk about things and and learn about things in the world how do we effectively change the world well for a portion of time i believe that that was in taking down governments and and um corporations and exposing them for what they were but i realized that that would probably waste a lot of my time and very quickly i came to the conclusion that it is a collective consciousness that changes the world and the only thing you have to do to change the world is change the way you perceive it you know what i'm saying like and that's that's a very valuable piece of information it, it's worked very well for me uh, as an individual who thinks quite a bit uh, about things logically and rationally and from many different points of view it works for me you know and and i believe that when we perceive the world in a manner that we can only affect it from our place it helps us to evolve to a higher self to a higher being you know into individuals that you know care about the environment we care about parenting as the most important job in the world we want to learn outside of education you know life doesn't just become routine and structure inside of materialism because that's the systematic way of life it has you believe that success is defined through materialism you know such as brands and houses and cars and whatever the things you may not need are but define success to people that you do not know right i mean because we'd be living in a world where we're not communicating that much with people around us so i think we can all be real about that and that's the truth i mean i'm being real it's fucking real talk for an unreal world that's how it's gonna be but i'm gonna try not to swear so if it comes out, forgive me, uh, but I want to be better with that because I think that that affects 
some people and it's not cool it's like a different vibration you know and uh, i want to be better with that so forgive me on those kind of things so perceiving the world as we perceive it from a place of love helps you view the love in it but perceiving it through fear anxiety and stress as dictated through through social media outlets and through news networks and you know for every waking minute of the day if you turn on most things that tell you how to think they will sell you on fear anxiety and stress and and subconsciously you're viewing the world through through the eyes of this you know and and it's something that if you take a step back you can start to see and and really like obtaining this new perspective is just through awareness and how do you become aware <laughs> most people ask how do you become aware because it's a common question like you know, how are you aware of these perspectives and these philosophies and this view on life? Well, you become in the present moment. You know, you're not living in the past or, or worrying about the future. You're living in the moment. Because when you're living in the moment, you can affect the present in, in the best possible way for you. It's very important. But the world teaches us to be thinking about yesterday, things that we cannot change, we must accept. Or living in the future and hypotheticals and assumptions. Things we do not know the answer to. <laughs> we love to waste energy in places like that. And it's very common. I mean, it really it is. It's just, it's super common to do that. And that's okay. It's, it's also totally okay for that to be happening. Because it's a programming. And, and it's a reality. It's, it's a subtle programming that happens through television, that happens through the way we were taught as children. It, it happens in, in many different formats in society. You know, we kind of just have this herd mentality even with the way we think because we see everyone else thinking this way and we see everyone else doing things that we sort of just follow without thinking. And, and what you've done there is you've actually taught yourself that it's okay not to think for yourself, that it's okay to follow others. Because we also have this desire to constantly want to be accepted. In my own journey, I, I faced it. I addressed it. What is, this, what is this desire to be accepted? Well, the desire to be accepted is because I didn't accept myself. And I was letting people think for me and I was following people because I wasn't thinking for myself, you know? And that's a reality. That's accountability and responsibility, friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's something you got to have, right? If this is real talk for an unreal world, we're always going to talk real. That's the thing. Up in here, it's honesty, authenticity, and from a place of love. Now, have I embodied this in its entirety? Yes. But do I practice it? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I do. I practice this heavily. Uh, honesty, authenticity, and love this is something that helps me think for myself you know because when i'm honest and i do things honestly for myself i don't let anyone else come between that because i've set a philosophy for myself that i'm going to be honest and i'm going to be authentic and i'm going to do it from a place of love and you know what shit sometimes being honest and authentic you got to have difficult conversations you've got to be telling people things where you would normally say yes to because everyone else is saying yes you gotta say no and setting personal boundaries for yourself that fit your philosophy is a wonderful thing. You deliver that message to these people around you or to yourself from a place of love. You know, because the conversation has to happen within before it can happen on the out. I mean, shit, you got to be set yourself up to understand who you are. And if somebody is trying to 
persuade you to act or think or be something you're not, the conversation immediately happens within because you know that that's a red flag for you. That does, that's not actually who you are or what you want to say or what you want to be, right? So immediately that inner child, we'll call it, is talking to you. It's just whether or not you want to listen, whether or not you're willing, choosing to ignore it, to be accepted, or you're going to follow your own path. Let me tell you about acceptance. Acceptance is something that I found within. I was in prison. Yep. Homeless. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'll, ta- I'll talk about my story in a minute, but uh, when I was in prison, the physical door on the outside had been closed for me with a locked key that I did not own but in that prison cell the door in my mind that held me prisoner for quite some time had been opened very ironic place for it to happen but very fitting as well it was a very beautiful moment for me Uh, 23 years as a drug addict I spent your trigger warning 15 years doing needles Uh, I'm just trying to to be real with you, you know, set you up for, so you understand the story here. That's what this first episode's about. I had a very difficult life. I, I chose the difficulties. I came from a very wonderful family, absolutely filled with love um, in, 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 in forms. Uh, we'll, we'll say, we'll get to that. But I, I chose a very difficult life of drug addiction, uh, pretending, following people that I shouldn't have, and trying to fit in because I thought it was cool. When in reality, that I look at it now, if I would have just been myself from the beginning, none of the addiction would have happened. If I would have talked about emotions, none of the addiction would have happened and life would have been anything I wanted it to be. The results of my actions and choices were a very difficult journey of 23 years of drug addiction and some mental health and things like that, just the mental health that goes along with emotional traumas. But 23 years later, it brought me to that prison cell up in Toronto and did I learn some very difficult lessons absolutely but I think the key phrase in that is I learned some very difficult lessons I no longer was repeating very difficult lessons I think that's paramount in what I'm trying to talk about here absolutely in that prison cell the door to my mind had been opened because I'd finally learned I'd had enough some call it rock bottom some call it a spiritual awakening me I'm going to call it a gift. I was given the gift of sight. And that's how I say it. Because I was able to see the past, present, and future all in one. Because I looked at my past. Well, wait a minute. I looked at my present because I was in that fucking jail cell. No one answered the phone for me, which was tough. No, my grandma. My grandma's like my mom, and, and you know, my mom's my mom's my angel, real angel in life. But like, my grandma's like my mom too. She didn't answer the phone, she, or she did. She was pissed off, and she said, "Don't be calling," you know. And that one broke my heart because my grandma and and my whole family rode with me for like twenty three years. My my grandma and my mother and my father. That was very difficult. Uh, I'd lost my children. Uh, I'd lost the house, the car, the cash, the job. You know, we can run through it. But the most important thing that I lost was myself. I'd lost myself. And I'd taken a look at that in that present moment, at what I had lost, at who, what I had become, you know? And when I was in there, I mean, I was withdrawing bad. Oh, shit, was I withdrawing. It was very difficult. Uh, I'd use fentanyl, uh, IV for like 
five to six years prior heavy uh, and a heavy amount of methamphetamines in there as well one to circumvent the other for those of you who don't know fentanyl is an opiate it's a synthetic uh, there's nothing organic about it it's all pharmaceuticals and it is the most poisonous toxic drug on the planet <laughs> straight up as an individual who used heroin for 15 years uh, there's an organic in it it's a derivative of the poppy um, which is opium so it's it's far different uh, than fentanyl if you have a child that is using fentanyl you can email me straight up. I, I know quite a bit about addiction and I, and I aim to start conversations about this and I'm, I'm here to help, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. You can email me at realtalkforanunrealworld at gmail.com. But fentanyl is, is, a, is a major one. It, it's just so, so poisonous in, in the potency and it's being made in basements all over because it's just pharmaceuticals. Like you just have to mix it up. It's quite easy to make. I personally never made it, but friends of mine made it, was m making it often, um, and which explains the toxicity uh, in levels of potency and in what else goes in it. So it was a very difficult journey for me. I did heroin withdrawals, you know, many times, 15 years. I was in and out. My beautiful parents let me. Um, they were the parents of an addict. Very difficult journey for them as well. Anyone who is a drug addict, knows that your journey is difficult but the shit that we do to the people we love man is just unacceptable but they are true angels and they are part of my soul family so i'm very grateful for my parents that that somewhat stuck with me until they didn't and we'll get to that but yeah fentanyl withdrawal in jail really was was nasty so after i went through that uh, i was 28 days of the most absolute living hell i could possibly live watched a couple of people die when i was in there they overdosed it was difficult but i looked at the present moment where i was and with the surroundings around me and i had made a decision to look at my past because my past is what held me in this repetitive cycle of emotional attachment to certain memories which I wanted to distract from so I used all the drugs to distract from feeling about the memory I wanted to feel something different that wouldn't allow me to feel at all addiction is just that it is a distraction from an emotional trauma straight up that's what it is I mean shit man so many people called me so many things loser junkie waste you know whatever it may be shit man i'm human i'm a human being you know what i'm saying and so is every single individual that is facing a form of addiction or mental health they're human beings but the societal structured way of life with a lack of communication and a lack of emotional education has individuals creating bad thought processes for themselves which creates mental health and we don't really have any funding for that or we don't educate on it at a very young age uh, many people turn to addiction to distract from the mental health which you know one embellishes the other absolutely but let's be real here i mean it's real talk right that's what it is and it's found in 70 percent of the homes that are currently living in this successful society you know where success is defined by a house and two cars in the driveway yet the amount of addiction and mental health issues going on is behind those white doors you know we don't talk about that 
right? Because that's taboo. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care what's going on the inside. Everything's about an external perspective, right? Well, we're going to talk about that as well uh, over the course of this next little while because that's what I'm here to do. My purpose is to bring clarity and perspective and awareness to many because I went through hell, as you can hear, um, to obtain this place, this gift, this gift of sight, this place of love. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it. When I was in that prison cell and I was facing my past, I let go. I let go, man. I looked at all the shit that I had done over the course of 23 years. And you know what? I forgave myself for it. And then I looked at all the shit that everyone had done to me. And I forgave them for it. Because it didn't fucking matter no more. And that's the truth. It didn't matter no more. Because who I was going to be and what I was going to be was whatever I wanted to be in that present moment. And you know what I wanted to be after I forgave myself and I forgave everyone else? Pure love. I wanted to try it. I wanted to try being honest. I wanted to try being authentic. And I wanted to try to love myself. But I wasn't just going to try. I was going to do it and become it in one of the most difficult places you could do it. And what that meant was I was going to follow my own cord up in prison. Let me tell you, prison is full of oh individuals facing many mental health challenges and, and emotional traumas that have not been processed. <laughs> and a big emotion that they attach to is aggression. <laughs> and it's very difficult. And you'd better follow what everyone else is doing in prison or it's going to be very difficult for you. And I can tell you firsthand that I chose not to do that. Now, I wasn't disrespectful in any way, shape, or form, but I wasn't going to say things that I didn't want to say and I wasn't going to do things I didn't want to do. Big thing they like to do in there is get you to fight other people. I ain't fucking doing it, you know? It don't serve me no purpose. You want to beat me up for that? Have at her. You know, because I'm cool. I'm going to stick to me. I'm going to stick to my philosophy. And I did. In prison, there's a there's a, usually a guy or two that runs the range. Uh, usually the guy that gives the food because it's the way they control you is with the food. But yeah, he, he made my life quite difficult. He didn't like what I was about. Uh, but I seen he had one eye on me, kind of trying to feel me out, see what I was like, right? So how did I stay true to myself in prison? You know, I was kind. I was kind. Uh, people in prison are so, they're human beings, man. They've all, they've all had a difficult road to arrive at the place they have. Let's just say that, you know, everyone has a story. Everyone's on a journey and living with a lack of love can lead you to places that, you know, society deems as animalistic behavior or, um, not worthy of being human when it's just not the case. There are certainly circumstances that some individuals should be in there. Absolutely. I'm not going to take away from that. But I met many kids who had very difficult lives. A lot of it's sexual abuse at a very young age and they turned to drugs and or the mental health took advantage of them. And they were inside there somewhere, but therapy and trauma um discussions of how to evolve to a state of love and love yourself again don't happen that often so these kids found a community in jail 
and and that's that's I'm gonna be real with that. There's lots of love for people in jail, man. I was there, I know. Um, how was I different? I loved people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not in the prison format that you might think. Shit. <laughs> I guess I should think about how I say that first. But no, man. There was um, uh, some people that couldn't read and write. Many actually. And I found out that they couldn't get their welfare forms filled out, which is social assistance, which is money from the government. When you're in prison, you can fill out the paperwork. But if you can't read and write, and you certainly can't talk about it to other people because, you know, shit, who wants to know you can't read and write when you're 30 years old or whatever it may be? I reached out and quietly, you know, made I, I made many connections in there with people. Uh, you've got to do that because I, people all want to know your story, right? Kind of feel you out, see what you're about. But once I learned these things, I started quietly asking for the paperwork and we would sit together and I would do the paperwork. Uh, the social worker that was in prison came to me. She saw what I was doing and she said, I cannot believe you're doing this. And, and, and she was a wonderful lady. I'll tell me tell you all the prison workers that working up and there are social workers, pastors. Holy shit, man. Talk about the inmates living in the jail, a prison sentence. We get out. But they chose this as a job. I don't give a shit if they go home at night. They go in there every day. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the psychiatrist in there, I had some shit happen to me. Um, I had to see one. Just It was just part of the whole routine that they have. She is a, was just a, an angel, as well as the pastor. These are givers of light. They do that unconditionally, and it's, it's a very beautiful thing uh, to have witnessed and to have been a part of to see that. But, yeah, she came up to me, and she said, what you doing this for? I've never seen anyone do this before ever. And she had a huge smile on her face. And I said, because I'm human, you know? That's all it takes to be human. We just got to listen to each other and, and, and work together. And, you know, she she just gave me the smile. And, and every day she saw me, we just, you don't talk too much in there because you're quiet about what you do. But yeah, that's that was one of the ways I did it. Uh, I also just, you know, tried to make connections in there, uh, play games, learn chess, you know, do what you got to do to get through your time. But I did it on my terms, not anyone else's. And when I left there, I, I had realized that, okay, um, this is who I'm going to be. This is who I am. Who I am in this moment is what defines me, not my past. It's who I am in the present moment. On my last day there, the, the range guy come up to me. He saw me. He watched what I was doing the whole time because they, they see everything. They know everything. And he came up to the jail cell right before I left. And he said, you know, man, I want to tell you, you're a real motherfucker. I see you. And I was like, thanks, man. And, I walked, and he walked away. And I knew in that moment who I was becoming. I was becoming myself. I wasn't going to do this for nobody no more. In a place that's a very difficult place to be yourself, I'd achieve that. And, and it was my personal test. It, this is something that I, I was standing up for in, in, in the depths of my bottom. I was going to take this first step to get out of that bottom. And I had nobody and I had nothing. I'm not special. I'm not unique. I'm just a human being who had enough. <laughs> and I decided to live with a state of love by looking at the past and letting go of it. And that's it. I decided to let go of the emotional repetition the repetitive cycle that I'd stayed in and kept myself in that just kept me dark and down because I couldn't forgive myself and I couldn't forgive those for the things they did. But it didn't serve me no purpose. And it brought me to such a dark state. And I decided to live in the light. And it was just a choice. It was just a matter of perspective. It was quite easy, actually. 
And that's something that I, I, I've, I've come to learn that I'm very grateful for, that for me it was very easy to let go. I know that letting go seems to be quite difficult for most, um, and, and I feel you, okay? But let me tell you, if it's holding you down and holding you back, anything, anything that is holding you down or holding you back, man, let that shit go. Because just like an anchor, it's going to keep you on the bottom. I mean, you don't have to be in prison. You don't have to be a drug addict. Any any mental health that is holding you back, if it's weighing you down, well, what purpose is it serving you? But we often can't detach from the emotional repetitive cycle that we're in. And it's important to do this and, and to become aware of it. And just, just a matter of observation rather than attachment. That's key. That's, that's key. That's, that's, please re-listen to that. It's a matter of observation versus attachment. Because I detached from all of the memories that happened, all of the emotional feelings, and I looked at it all and I observed it. And I go, shit, what I learn in all that? Was there lessons to be learned in everything that had held me back for 23 years? I'll be real with you. Fuck, 23 years of drug addiction, all that bullshit today is my greatest asset. That struggle and everything I went through, I'm, I'm put to you like this. <laughs> and we'll go over the story in, in more depth as the episodes go on. But if I had to do it all over again, I would. <laughs> Let me tell you, from where I'm sitting, uh, as the individual who lived this journey, those are bold words. Very bold words. Because they carry a lot of strength and a lot of courage and a lot of bravery to speak. But I do what I say and I say what I mean. That's another big part of becoming into a state of love is being honest, authentic. You do what you say and you say what you mean. It's very important. But that's the truth. If I had to do it all over again to be the man that I am today, I would. I would absolutely. And I look at my journey and all the difficulties that it had me living as such a beautiful aspect of my life. The, the struggles that held me back for so long are the things that push me forward today. And I mean that. It, it was through the detachment of the emotional repetitive cycle that I'd kept myself in. I did that to myself that allowed me to observe the lessons through the experiences and see what they were all worth. And it was priceless. It was absolutely priceless. It's, you know, there's no comparisons in stories because whatever was my nightmare, it, you know, if you're living a nightmare, that's your nightmare. There is no levels of nightmares. But from society's perspective, we look at, you know, at drug addiction and being homeless and, and being in prison as something that's just detrimental to growth. So how does one overcome this? Well, I can tell you, if you're trying to look for something to detach yourself from your memories, look to me. If, if you need to do that for inspiration to, to just let go and to have a new life and to be something more than you ever thought you could be, I'll also say I believed in myself. I absolutely believed in myself. I didn't care about the future. I didn't care about the future because I was going to affect the moment every single day to the best of my ability by believing in the man that I was becoming. And every single day I practiced that. I wasn't just exempt all of a sudden. I mean, 23 years of a pattern of thinking and all these bad behaviors. Shit, man. That's not, that's a lot. Like, 
<laughs> I always say this, quitting drugs was easy. Putting my life back together, <laughs> that was a whole nother thing. I mean, think about it. Practicing a behavior of not working for years, practicing a behavior of just total drug addiction. Like, I mean, I was homeless on the streets. If, if you have an east side in your town and you see kids on the street, I would have blended right in, you know? I, you wouldn't have known the difference between me and them or you would have because I would have stood out. <laughs> it was it was very, it was incredibly bad uh, for me. I, I took it all the way. I was, a, I was a professional drug addict. I was very good at it. <laughs> I was very good at staying within my emotional traumas and, and, and using this as a dis- distraction. But it, it, it was taking my life. It really was. I, I, I had believed I'd become something so much more and I was shedding the idea of what I was. And that practice of thinking, the lack of self-confidence, the lack of self-esteem, not being accepted, it was, it was a lot. But it didn't matter. None of that mattered because it was me with myself. I accepted myself. I had found love for myself and I'd forgiven myself and others for all that had happened to me all in a moment. All in a moment. And then I would practice that behavior for time to come. It's been uh, two years and I don't know, maybe like four months or something like that or five months or something. Like here we are today, you know, I think it's like June something. I don't know. I'm not really good with dates and times because I don't like to live like that. I don't live, I don't like structure and routine. I still don't. I still am like a free bird, man. I'm a wild child and I live to my own accord and I'm very lucky. Today I have a construction company. I live in Vancouver. I've, I've got a beautiful place. I got, I've got a, I, I'm not much for materialism, but I... I, I do love motorcycles. <laughs> I love motorcycles so much. It's it's um, a real real passion of mine. And I'm gonna shout out my my homeboy Colby Truman from the company that I used to work for. He sold me a 2005 R6 for $500 because the man is a living legend. And he gave me a very beautiful gift. And I absolutely love the motorcycle. So shout out to Colby Truman. And talk about having friends these days, man. As a drug addict. You don't have friends and you know it. You know it. You don't have friends because you don't know what it is to be a friend. But that was one of the most beautiful things that's happened over the two and a half years. I I learned to be a friend because I know what it means to be one. And I I know what it means to have them. Damn near tearing up right now because I think about this man selling me this bike as a friend. You know, and he watched me go through shit. I was employed for this company for a number of years, four or five years. And, and he watched me as a total drug addict. And oftentimes I did some I did some pretty stupid shit there. I was really good at my job, very, very good at my job. But a uh, high-functioning drug addict. Uh, well, high-functioning drug addict means I use drugs all day but was able to work and keep myself together. Um, but we'll talk about that as we go. But uh, yeah, he, he saw me out at my lowest point. Uh, let's say, uh, one of my lowest points, I was just about to become homeless uh, as I left this company and, you know, to walk back in his office and, and have him accept me um, and have the, the office staff accept me and, and just be so happy because, they, you know, I was always a kind guy. Uh, I, I, I wasn't very angry. I, I just hurt myself when I did drugs. My problems were my problems. I, I sometimes blame people when they didn't give me money, <laughs> for sure. Uh, you know, my mom's a living angel. We will talk much about my mother because uh she's a big part of why i'm here i overdosed 33 times i think i left that out 33 times i overdosed in the last three years of my drug addiction so i'm here for a real reason and i'm here to to share about what it means to be an addict to be an individual who lived with a lack of love 
for all those of you listening to this that are trying to associate to the addiction, if you live with a lack of love for yourself, you and me, one and the same, we just choose to distract in different manners. Some of us choose shopping. Some of us choose television. Some of us choose video games. Some of us choose porn. Some of us choose sugar and eating, you know? These are all forms of distraction from dealing with an emotional trauma or an emotional memory that you've attached to. It, it, it distracts you from getting to know who you are. So addicts aren't much different than everyday people. You know why? Because we're human beings that feel. And it's my purpose to be here to share this kind of stuff. And the wisdom that I've gained along the way over this course of this 23 years is, is so beautiful to be able to be here and share. And and I, I want to say I'm very grateful for the humans that were there that got me to the hospital and brought me out 33 times. Fuck. It's hard to say that, actually. You know, it, it is. It's hard to say that. But I, but I know I'm here for a real reason, so... I'm going to share that reason with you and I hope that you can find some wisdom and I hope that it can help you in your daily life perceive life in a better manner so we can grow to a collective consciousness of love and we can see the world as a community so we can inject unity and respect and trust and honesty and authenticity and we can stop all this bullshit pretending. Stop doing jobs that we don't want to do. You know? What a waste of time. Start learning every day for ourselves and, 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 and be a part of who we want to be. I think this is, this, this is what we're here to do. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. But we've been tricked. <laughs> we've been tricked into thinking that we got to do jobs. And, and they trick you from a very young age into thinking that, you know, I remember being in school and them talking about credit. If you don't have credit, you ain't going to have nothing. It's like, well, that's not a very good system. <laughs> if, if I'm going to have to be bound to a system that's never going to pay me what I'm worth so I'll constantly have to owe it something well that for the rest of my life <laughs> oh no that house that you're going to work for that you pay off by when you're 65 you'll get to enjoy a little bit of time then but uh don't be dreaming about that till you're 60 65 and in this day and age if you've got children they ain't gonna know what retirement is because I'll tell you up in Vancouver home built in 1980s 2.2 million dollars that's reality so we're going to talk about all these wonderful things and we're going to bring awareness and we're going to bring perspective to wonderful, beautiful things in life that are going to help you grow because that's what I'm here to do. That's my purpose. My name is Justin Wood and I'm the son of two beautiful people. My mother and father are Bob and Donna Wood and I'm very grateful for them. I'm very grateful to be here, to be able to share this with you and welcome because this shit's going to be a ride man i'm going to have some cool people on here we're going to talk about some cool shit because i'm just real and i care about people so much i can't stress that enough i really care about people and i care about their well-being and i want to have community and i want to have connection and i'm going to do that because i'm tired of waiting for it to happen so i'm going to give my life to that so i appreciate you uh sharing my stuff or helping me grow in whatever manner you can um, I really appreciate it because I'm a real guy doing real things and, and I got a, I got a story and I'm going to share it and, and I want you to share yours with me too and others and encourage you to do that so you can be yourself. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. A couple places you can check me out. Follow me. My Twitter name is at Realtalk, the number four, Unreal. My Instagram is Realtalk for an Unreal World. My YouTube channel is Real Talk for an Unreal World. I got other videos and stuff on there. 
that speak to many different topics and my Facebook page for all you that are still using the Facebook. It is real talk for an unreal world as well. Much love.